QVC Quality Violent Cinema. Ohio, konnichiwa, konbanwa, nandeo bakayaro. In other words, what's up, everybody? I'm your host, Ian Bracken. I'm Christian Mickelson. And we're coming at you with an episode we're calling Japanese Depravity. This is going to be an episode covering many, many, many Japanese extreme films, because we all know Japanese have a lot of them. So it's going to be a little bit longer episode than normal, but we're covering genres from zombies to supernatural, slashers, torture, samurai splatter, uh, cyberpunk, uh, general, just like gore, uh, trash, rape, revenge, disturbing dramas, just all over the place here. Um, we're also going to go into directors like Takashi Miike, Daisuke Yamanuchi, and we're also going to be covering like, I don't know, just film series in general. They had a lot of cool film series out. So, I mean... Let's start there. What are some good film series? All right. So one good things to get into to, uh, if you want to kind of dive into and do some benders and um, kind of watch one thing in particular and just kind of want to watch a lot of it. Um, some good series to get into. Is, um, uh, Guinea Pig is a good way to start. Um, it's pretty notorious, um, pretty graphic. Uh, All Night Long is pretty close to that. Um, the Saudi Screams gets a little crazier um, if you want something. that's That one gets dark. And then there's also Rape Zombie, if you want a little cheesy. And there's like six series into that. Um, Rape Man, which is pretty crazy. There's like eight of those. Missing is really cool. Um, Those are hard to get into because you can't get the subtitles on a lot of those. Troma put out a good rape revenge series um, called From Asia with Lust, which is really good. Um, There's also a lot of stuff that came out during the 60s and 70s, which was really cool. Like... Female Prisoner, number 701, which has, like, Scorpion, Male House, 41, uh, Grudge Song, Be Stable, stuff like that. Um, but then there's Girl Boss, Delinquent Boss, uh, Lone Wolf and the Cub, um, Stray Cat, Rock, which was really cool. That's somewhat kind of the same actress. Um, she's been, what's the name of that actress? Mei Kukaji. Yeah, and she's done the female prisoner and girl boss and, and delinquent bosses. And they all kind of, like, they interact in the same um, a lot of these actresses all w- work within these films, but in different ones. And so it's kind of cool to see the the same faces in a lot of these. Um, so, yeah, those are some good series to get into. Yeah. So starting off with All Night Long, we've uh, we've talked about it already on the show a little bit. But mm-hmm. it's su- such a crazy series, the way that it, it kind of goes on. Um, yeah, the was... first one starts off almost feels kind of like a teen drama. Um, Mm -hmm. it's just about these three boys who witness a really brutal murder and, um, while they're at a train stop and they see this girl who's also waiting for the train to stop, just this psycho comes in and murders her and they all kind of, uh, they apprehend the, the killer and take him down. And, um, after that, they just kind of become friends and, you know, they're all trying to get laid. So they're at this party and it gets crashed by some local gangs and thugs. Yeah. And the, the guys kind of demasculate them and they get their revenge on these guys, uh, in the worst way that they can and kind of humiliate them too. Well, then kill them. And then, you know, it, after a while you kind of realize that these guys aren't really the good guys 
like you think they would be because of the main characters. They've actually all lost their minds because of the the violence that they've witnessed. Uh, everything from the murder at the beginning to the rape of the women that they were trying to date and stuff. Mm-hmm. All the violence kind of compiled just makes them go insane until eventually, you know, they end up taking each other out. And, yeah. and then the second one is like lonely computer nerd. It's, it's kind of like that one feels a lot like the Junko Furata case. Have you heard of that? No. Nah, Junko Furata is the schoolgirl in cement movie, which we oh, didn't okay. actually really put on our list. But it's just about these uh, high school kids that kidnap a girl and held her against her will for like 40 days and raped her and tortured her and then eventually, you know, threw her in the trash in all night long. In the real life, they put her in a barrel of cement and... It's a lot like that, and eventually, you know, this boy that the gang of people that are torturing this girl, they kind of get the little, like, the boy to start doing it, too, and after he kind of gets a taste for violence, he turns on the gang and takes them out. You think, once again, you think he's going to become the hero because he took out the bad guys, but all that violence has made him go nuts, and he just starts in the worst ways possible, just dismantling everybody's bodies and all over the house. And at the end of the time, by the end of these kids, parents house is just full of blood and body parts and genitals. Yeah. And then the third one is one of my favorites. Um, it's just, this guy is just like stalks this woman, um, that he gets obsessed with, but just like the weirdest things, he finds this way of like getting, more and more information from the person by the more that they dig into their trash and they're and getting their personal life out of it. And like to the point where he's like following when she's on her cycle on a calendar and he has her like tampons, like on certain dates and sees how heavy her flow is based on what day it is. And like fucking crazy. You're like, Whoa, <laughs> he's what's known as a otaku in Japan, which are like basically indoor, indoor kids, nerds that mm-hmm. are, are really focused on one thing in particular. And he's, basically focused on gardening so he's like taking care of this garden but then he kind of gives up on his plants you see his plants start dying because he's like obsessed with these (laughs) these girls menstrual cycles and their garbage and he thinks that you know their trash can tell the whole story of their lives and eventually he meets another homeless guy who just kind of is doing the same thing and he's kind of like I'll take you in as my mentor. We can like collect trash together. And then the kid goes crazy and murders that guy for no reason. Then he goes back to the hotel he works at where he cleans up people's jizz. Cause in Japan they have these things called love hotels where you can rent them for like an hour or whatever to have sex because their apartments are so small that if you were to have sex, everyone in your family would hear. So this kid main character, he's cleaning up the jizz or whatever there. And then one day he, his mind just snaps and he just starts killing all the girls and boys that are, in there and it gets nasty when he's like cutting their body parts up in the bathtub and stuff and yeah it's i think i would say all night long three is a fan favorite i think everyone that's seen the series i think likes the third one like including you that's oh yeah your favorite no one. that one's definitely it's creepy i'm yeah, gonna I like it a lot i'm gonna go up with part two though as my favorite just because the body count's a lot higher mm-hmm. and the sadism in that is so much higher i wouldn't say the third one is as sadistic as the first two it's mm-hmm. a lot more creepy because i think like, that's kind of why i like it because yeah. it's a bit refreshing to see a film that can be fucked up it doesn't have to necessarily be like that graphic yeah the first two are just like 
I mean, part two is a torture show. The first one is a nihil is basically nihilism. All three of them though are about as nihilistic as it gets. And I the, so we get into the other ones. Uh, there's so there's all on Alan R. Um, which to be honest, I haven't seen the last three. I, I've kind of skimmed through them just because I don't have the subtitles Same. and I haven't been able to kind of like get through because it is more of a movie with the. The subtitles actually seem to make more of a difference because there is a bit of story and there's a lot of talking and, and it's not just graphic, but it, it's it seems it's definitely disturbing and depressing. But it seems that it's a little bit slower and a little bit more of a drama. But there's definitely you know some graphicness into it. Um, then going into next one, initial O is the yeah. There's initial O, and then there's also the anyone would have done or would have done. Anyone would have done. That's a rough yeah. subtitle. Like these aren't even subtitled, so it's like you know their titles themselves are are very obscured. Yeah, but yeah, I mean the 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 title the movies range from. I mean, the first All Night Long was made in 92, and the last one was made in 2009. So, I mean, it's, and it's all the same director. His name is uh, Katsuya Matsumura. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that he just stuck with this All Night Long vision for so long. Like, that is yeah. this guy's vision is All Night Long. And it's such a dark, disturbed world of nihilism, and everybody's bad, and don't trust anyone. They'll, you know, rape and torture you if you tr- go and give anyone a bit of trust. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's only done two other things other than All Night Long. But I was talking about Junko Furata Case, um, that concrete schoolgirl and cement movie, which is something that we didn't really put on our list because I don't think either of us have actually seen the whole thing. But um, he did direct that too. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense because All Night Long 2 was made right after he made that movie. And they're, Mm -hmm. they're very similar. So I feel that a uh, good one to get into is the Saudi screams after this. And I feel that there's like three levels of, of the depravity in, in these. It's like guinea pig being, you know, like still pretty graphic uh, all night long. And then this. Um, and and it's funny because the Saudi, the first three, you know, they're, they're cool. Like they, uh, it's not until like they later on and then they really kind of start getting fucked up. I mean, they're all pretty graphic. They're they're a little different. All those three series are a little different in the way that they're portrayed um, structurally, too. I mean, all night long, uh, at least the first three are very story driven, character driven. Um, the last three all night longs are kind of more just torture shows. Um, but then you go into Guinea Pig, which is almost a sci-fi at times uh some of the episodes you you know you got a mermaid in a manhole and stuff and android in notre dame and but the saudi screams is straight up torture you know showing sadism and um yeah i'd say the, the third one is when it really starts getting kind of messed up is they they have this um remote control car they have this girl that kind of like light out on the ground She's tied up and roped and like naked, and they have this remote control car that has a dildo on the, on the top of it with like nails in it, and he's going in like basically like controlling him back and forth and fucking her with this remote control car dildo with things, and it's it's really crazy. And then the, the one of the things they do is they chainsaw her on the table, but they go like 
underneath from the under part of the table instead of going from the top and then just saw the table in half but then go up her from her like vagina then going up to the head and just it's but it's really freaking well shot um but they're they're a lot more crazy because there was a lot more sex um and explicitness in a lot of these yeah it's like um, it's like a quarter of the movie is porno pretty mm-hmm. much and unfortunately like <clears throat> That's, that's going to be a problem that comes up with a lot of these movies for yeah. me is the porno is censored. But the fourth one is fucking So you're crazy. watching censored porn for a quarter of the movie, which yeah. is really hard for me to watch. But the but there are moments so that it just makes it worth it. Like the fourth one in the end, um, it's crazy. It, there's so much blood play. There's so much shit. He's like, he like cuts off her foot and he's like, he he's forcing force feeding her her own foot as he's like raping her and then like he has like in her mouth and they're like making out with like the foot in between them and like wow it's it's fucking crazy yeah it's like one of those movies where you can tell they're just trying to top everything else. yeah and then you just and then the end he just gives you this fucking you know he's covered in blood and just gives you this smile at the end just would creep out everyone but you have to admit, uh, some of these movies are very derivative. Um, yeah. One of them is basically Saw. Oh, 100%. And it came out right. It's and a blatant exactly ripoff. Exactly Saw. It came out like the, you know, pretty much like She's a got that after. trap on her head, the bear trap. Yeah. And um, it's, there's a little, not a puppet, but a guy in clown makeup talking uh, over a, a video screen. And the only thing that differentiates from saw is the porno that's, stuff that's probably my least favorite of it because it was such a blatant ripoff of it and, yeah. I, and it was actually one of the fir- first moments where it's like i'd rather see saw and i i'm, I'm never <laughs> felt like i'd ever want to say that hey saw's the <laughs> shit dude i love saw movies um, anyways i don't like uh, uh james wan james, you don't like james wan well no i don't, I don't actually because james wan's doing some interesting things outside of saw what like the conjuring <laughs> no maybe you're right maybe and fast like and that. furious yeah you're right no fuck him then <laughs> Yeah, maybe I just don't like James Bond. Dead Silence? Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, I don't like his films. <laughs> Every film you talk about, like, ugh, ugh. Yeah, Insidious? Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Saudi, Saudi Scream is is interesting. Those movies were not for me. I watched probably four of them, of the ones you had. Yeah. Uh, I can't say which ones exactly they were. I didn't watch Saudi Scream 1 because I, didn't, I couldn't find it. Yeah. But I watched... Uh, the Saw one. I watched the one you were talking about where she gets cut in half. I watched the Bunny Rabbit one. Oh yeah, that's the that's the one. The Bunny Rabbit one. The Bunny Rabbit one's weird. It's it's weird. It's uh, interesting. If you're a furry, like yeah. that's the one for you. <laughs> Actually, I don't know that one. Yeah, that one's weird. I wonder if. Uh, got any influence i know that. right that's actually what i was gonna say but i didn't want to give anything away so i didn't want to say anything okay so but that's exactly what i was thinking well, i'll bleep out <laughs> i'll bleep out the title of the movie i just said um yeah so anything else on saudi scream was that all the same filmmaker or was it different people uh, i mean they all kind of look the same i think they are they all I'm have the same sure look. they are i'm sure um, it was because the same. they came out around the same time they kind of just like all got pushed out yeah. um and i'm sure that they're owned by Akuza. yeah zeus zeus video like they even their logo <laughs> looks sketchy like yeah it looks like just like some i went into like, actually I, I went and tried to talk to um Zimbaro about it and there uh, some other people were defending him and saying that they, w- they wouldn't ever touch it because they were afraid of the Akuza uh, owning it and they would never let us have the rights I wouldn't be surprised, though. I really wouldn't be surprised. Yakuza is, I mean, they took out the American Mafia, but Yakuza is still going, so it still exists. 
Uh, you want to go into uh, some of these other series we have here? Um, I haven't actually seen Missing. I, I, Missing's I, I cool. I watched parts of it. <clears> but, but like I said, there's ones that you you kind of... Uh, there's a couple you can find with the subtitles pretty easily. And then the, the others are just, you know, I don't even think they... It's kind of never came out. <clears throat> human trafficking, torture plot, right? Yeah. And yeah, it's it's kind of just like girl gets kidnapped, gets put into a torture. And then... But some of them are crazy because they have like this game show element. kind of reminds you of like Red Room um and then they but it's it kind of adds to the element of not because you don't know what the hell they're saying so because you're like whoa like what? so it kind of adds to the, like the the suspense to is she guessing right is she not guessing and who's gonna die and who's not gonna die so it's kind of cool to watch them <clears throat> um even if there isn't subtitles i like those a lot rape zombie oh yeah rape zombie or lust of the dead um those are really funny I like it. Um, they're just over the top. There's just like this girl robot is one of them. This is the second one. And she just has something. The, she just has this whole response where she's just like butt ass naked. The zombies like trying to grab her by the crotch, but then she just turns in robotic and just kills off everyone with her missile. Thing. Uh, it's, it's weird. It's so over the top. And all the things. So instead of the concept of like zombies eating brains, they're raping everybody. And so all the zombies are basically have no pants and they're just running around with their pants around their ankles and just trying to rape everything. And and there's all these like android women that are just going around like killing these rapey <laughs> zombies. And that's the premise of the movies eventually. And there's like six of them. And they're all directed by Naoyuki Tomatsu, who also did a movie we'll talk about later, Eat the Schoolgirl. Which is weird because that movie's kind of like wants to be artsy a little bit, even though it's trashy as fuck. It's so trashy. Um, but it sounds like, you know, Rapu Zombie is full trash. We got some dogs in the background. Hey, shut up! Hey, that worked. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's. That would be Rape Zombie. Uh, let's see. What else did we want to bring up? Rape, uh, Rape Man. You've seen Rape Man. I haven't seen it. I've only really seen the first one. Uh, I haven't gotten to the whole series. There's like eight of them. They're really hard to find. I got like the f- one through four and I want to get through them. But um, but the basically is just it's it's hard to even explain into it because it's not you wouldn't say it's a rape revenge um, just because like it's not a woman getting revenge. It's the guy raping as revenge for women that have he has done a, wrong a business right right and so they basically hire him to go out to rape corrupted women <laughs> like yeah it's it's fucking weird so you're kind of like so he's the anti-hero um but he's doing it for some form of justice and so it's like it's yeah it's interesting it's weird it seems like at the time that was made in the 80s right 90s 90s it was like almost acceptable to the mainstream in Japan too, which really says a lot about Japanese culture compared to our culture. Because mm-hmm. nothing like that could have came out here. Yeah, um, it would not have been <laughs> very well yeah. received unless Trauma put it out or something. Um, from Asia with Lust, we actually watched one of those together, uh, the camp segment. Yeah, no, they're really cool. There's like, yeah, camp's cool. Um, it's just kind of like the whole you know scenario. Of uh, campers going out, um, five men who are you know abused and torture them. Then um, it's it's a, it's interesting. Some of the are you going to mention the, what she does to them though? Like she makes him. Oh yeah, because she starts getting kind of where she she starts getting her own sense of getting 
Oh, they had to fuck their dead friend. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and whoever comes last. Oh, and they have to see who oh, comes. They're like uh, Eiffel Towering. Them, yeah, but the, whoever comes first. Uh, and he's all rigor mortis. <laughs> Basically, he's like one. one he starts choking himself out <laughs> as he's like coming. To make himself come faster. Yeah, so it's one guy. Oh, yeah, and then the, the fucking guy, the cum comes out of his mouth. It looks like cottage cheese, but. Oh, like. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's two guys having sex with their dead friend, and the first guy that comes gets shot. Doesn't get shot. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Wow. I don't know how we could have forgotten that scene that we had to watch it again to remember it. That sh- we that shows that there's something wrong with our brains that we should we should remember that. But yeah, and there's also some really funny CGI uh, bow and arrow yeah. <laughs> effects in that movie. To be honest, it's been a second since I sat and watched those four. They're they're great. The, um, I know, but, but we actually watched Camp like three weeks ago. I know, yeah, because I, I showed you that one, but I didn't watch the other ones. In Are the while. other ones as good? Yeah, though they're all very similar. It's all the same actress too, so they keep using the same she, actress. So they all star, came out. Right? Well, one of them came out first. Um, I think Camp came out first, and then they basically made the others to add to that because it was like short. So they basically the next following year they made like three more. Lipstick, Hitchhike, yeah, yeah. and they all kind of follow the very similar realm. They're all great. Uh, and you have to buy that in the Troma box set. Yeah. Yeah, that's where you got it. Yeah, when it's two volumes. So each volume has two movies. So now, I mean, the last series is the most famous of them all. We're going to go over it really quick because everyone knows about it. Guinea Pig series, oh, classic. Everybody in our horror community wants that box set because it's so fucking rare now. But I remember when they used to sell it at Best Buy, like right next to all the other horror movies. When uh, Stephen Bureau got that uh, Best Buy distribution, yeah, I have a friend that actually wants to sell me the um, the original box set, not the unearthed one with the T-shirt, and I'm very tempted. How much? I he hasn't given me a price because I told him that I just forked over five hundred for a bunch of Fred Vogel stuff. So I'm like, Damn. give me a second. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> quickly going through Guinea Pig, we got the Devil's Experiment, which is the very first one. It's almost on par with one of the all night longs. You know, you just got a bunch of men holding a woman captive, just torturing her. They rip her fingernails off. They, you know, spin her around in a chair until she, you know, pukes. And they, uh, what else do they do? They put headphones on her and turn it up really loud for like a day or something. Until she starts, she's like foaming at the mouth because she's like, they pretty much destroy her brain with sound. And then, yeah, at the end, they kind of, they rip her eyeball or poke through her eyeball, which is a pretty good effect. Overall, though, it's a pretty boring movie. Um, but it it's a it good did, start. It did the pseudo stuff before anyone did, though. I mean, that I think that was 1988, 89 or something. Yeah. So, I mean, there wasn't really a lot of pseudo snuff shit out there. And then uh, going into Flowers of Flesh and Blood, everybody knows about this one. Um, it's most famous of them all. The Charlie Sheen incident yeah everyone can look into the charlie sheen incident i think all of our listeners already know that story because it's been said to death but yeah uh check out uh jonathan doe's uh, uh uneasy terrain explorers club interview with stephen bureau because he goes over that he gives the correct story about the charlie sheen the charlie sheen incident yeah. so if you want to hear the right story 
because what you'll read online actually isn't the bunch of telephone type stuff. Yeah, so Bureau actually tells the real story. There is an interesting thing I found out that maybe not a lot of people know is that the, apparently the the second uh, installment of the American Guinea Pig got sent out to, to him as a joke. And they were like, oh, you thought that was bad. Well, this is actually the real stuff. And they sent him a copy of the the American guinea pig version. And he actually sent that one in. And so this has been a second time incident. <laughs> wow. And now the FBI is now just, they they've, will not take any leads from him in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. Well, they shouldn't. In fact, they should be arresting him for multiple things. <laughs> anyway, all, all Flower, Flesh, and Blood really is is 90 minutes of a samurai. Not even 90. It's uh, 60 minutes of a samurai a guy with a pale face samurai. Kidnaps a woman at the very beginning, and most of it is him slowly dismembering her body. Pretty good special effects. Some of them don't hold up as much as I thought they did when I first saw the movie, but, I mean, it's okay. It doesn't look like a snuff film to me. It's very well lit. There's camera angles. It looks like somebody filmed a movie. Yeah. It, the first one actually looks like, you know, cinema verite snuff, where the second one looks like a set, you know, looks like an actual movie. Then going into He Never Dies, uh, that's one that I don't really remember too well because I haven't seen it in a while. Um, but it's just this guy, suicidal trying to kill himself he keeps you know cutting his wrists and cuts his stomach open and it just he won't die and i think he's you know it's almost sci-fi comedy in the fact that you know this guy is like unkillable but he wants to die um and he's got you know his co-workers coming over to like help him and you know shit goes down with them it gets pretty bloody pretty good actually really good special effects on that one but and it's funny but it's not he throwing his own guts away. Yeah. Yeah. And then the end, it's got a really funny finale. So it's a lot more lighthearted than the, like, you know, woman on a table getting tortured. Yeah. And then you go into a straight comedy with devil woman, doctor. Yeah. Devil, doctor, woman. I didn't like that one that much. It was just, I mean, it felt full on like a, really low budget trauma movie the gore was cool and it impressed me when i was younger now the fifth one android in notre dame another one i don't really remember too well but it was weird because it just takes this weird sci-fi turn it's kind of funny it's yeah. kind of corny it wasn't really that gory it though it kind of looks like pinhead but not i want to watch it again just so i can remember all the guinea pigs but mm -hmm. i i'm not looking forward to watching the android in notre dame for some reason um, but the best of all of them, yeah, I, I think agree. because I think most people would agree with this. It's a fan favorite. Is the mermaid in the manhole? Yeah, it's just an, it's a masterpiece. It's yeah. like an it's a piece of art in horror. It's, yeah, it's so good. And just a guy finds a decaying mermaid still alive in the sewer, brings him up to her his apartment, and starts using her pussy wounds as different um, colors for his paint easel. And he begins painting her and other things in the room, just using all these different shades from her decay. It's pretty gross, I think, for some, but overall, it's just good body horror. Um, yeah. For the extreme viewers, I don't think it's going to gross you out. No, too bad, but, but it, it's... It's really entertaining. And I think that that one has the most, I don't know, maybe story to it. Maybe Android in Notre Dame had, had some story and he never dies too, mm -hmm. but... Um, 
I like the guinea pigs where they try to go for story. I mean, that's why I liked He Never Dies is because it, you know, you know me with the, oh, it's just a snuff film, someone tied to a chair. It's not good. It doesn't have a story. You know, when I pull that shit. So uh, that's why I like the He Never Dies and the Mermaid in the Manhole in the series the most. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. That's a good, that's, yeah, it's, I can see why it's a favorite and it's definitely one of my favorites. Um, we're going to go into zombie movies real quick. Uh, the first one, Bite Me If You Love Me from Naoyoki Tomatsu. Yeah, and he's done a lot of uh, different ones. We were just talking about uh, Rape Zombie, so this is the same director. And Eat the School Girl. And Eat the School Girl, and, um, so that's a good one to kind of bring up. But yeah, that one's just weird. It's uh, It definitely has a bit of like comedy and really, really funny. What is what did you in your notes? This is something about a Japanese <laughs> Jason Voorhees. Yeah, uh, shows up for a love triangle. Okay, I think I might need to see this. This sounds funny. <laughs> uh, oh, that one's good. F- fucking junk, dude. From yeah, uh, two thousand. Um, that's from Atsushi Muroga, and it's crazy. It almost felt like they were trying to go for the uh, uh, Dustal Dawn style, mm-hmm. where you have like this crime heist that turns into a horror movie, but instead of uh, bank robbers running into vampires at a bar. It's um, uh, like jewel thieves, and they run into these zombies at this factory. Mm-hmm. And the effects are awesome. It's really high octane oxygen, action, not oxygen, oxygen. Ac- high, high octane oxygen. oxygen. <laughs> and uh, and uh, which is, you know, it's just one of the. It's very action packed, and that's a lot like the next one I'm going to mention that came out the same year. So if you need some oxygen, yeah, so. and Unearth put out that one. We got to always mention Unearth, but uh, very similar to that with the high oxygen, <laughs> high action octane. Uh, we got verses from 2000 from Rihui Kitamura, who's gone on to do some a lot of uh, American stuff. Uh, I recently saw Downrange, which was a really good one on Shutter, and he did. Um, uh, midnight meat train and stuff but versus is crazy have you seen that no but it seems interesting even just reading the whole synopsis on this is one of the ones i was trying to get to i just never get yeah it's just like you know you got these uh samurais and zombies and yakuza all in the woods and it's just kind of like a battle battle between everybody so showcase of martial arts and special effects not a lot of story but i mean it's non-stop action i guess you know he used so many different camera angles and effects and like a lot of matrix style stuff. So it's really worth watching if you want something to kind of turn your brain off. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite Japanese like trash movies is also a zombie movie. And that's zombie ass toilet of the dead from 2011. Who that's from uh, Noburu Iguchi who did, I think he did like, did he do some like Sushi Typhoon movies mm-hmm. and stuff? I don't know if this one was actually Sushi Typhoon, but it feels like it because towards the end it goes into like non like crazy CGI anime craziness. But it's just basically about this uh, stomach parasite that's a little worm thing, and uh, some supermodel goes camping with you know her nerdy friends and she thinks she's all cool and stuff and she finds this parasite she's like "Ooh, if i eat this it'll make me skinnier yeah and she eats it and takes the biggest dump of her life but while she's taking the big dump there's a little zombie in the toilet looking up at her and uh grabs her butt and when she runs off a whole bunch of other zombies come out of that yeah and they're like single porta body zombies they're shit covered zombies yeah 
And uh, so then the rest of the movie, you have these shit-covered zombies. You have a lot of fart jokes, poop jokes. There's poop everywhere. Um, if you're grossed out by poop, don't watch this movie. Yeah. And uh, but the weird part is, is it like goes switches from zombie to monster movie when the actual parasite grows into like a, a full sized monster parasite attached to like a little. If you girl. do like watch Dingleberries too, that's a good. Kind of me a bit of that. I don't even know what that is. Dingleberries is hilarious. It's kind of like critters. It's not Japanese, but it's it's kind of like you can imagine critters, but with pieces of poop. Oh, that sounds totally up your alley. <laughs> um yeah zombie ass toilet of the dead i fully recommend that one if you want to watch something funny it's a lot like wild zero um with like the humor and stuff and not taking it too seriously but uh, we didn't even mention wild zero um but that's well uh, we did before yeah, we've talked about it in different one. one yeah but yeah wild zero is one to check out that's mm-hmm. one of the top zombie i mean Japanese there's there's tons movies. and tons and tons we can go on yeah. and over we could do this as a 40 part series if you yeah to. pretty much uh let's go into some supernatural movies real quick uh my favorite j-horror ghost whatever you want to call it it's better than juan it's better than the ring that's noroi the curse mm-hmm. directed by koji shiraishi who also did grotesque and um a record of sweet murder another another unearthed film i talk about a lot on the show it's very interesting though because noroi the curse it's not brutal violence like the rest of them it's actually a really really good cinema verite found footage um it's kind of like muzani where it's supposed to be like a tv show you know you even have like all the lettering at the bottom and the music tv style music like you're watching a docu docu series but some of the territories it goes into once you start seeing the actual paranormal shit actually scares you to your bone like the imagery is actually really scary i don't get scared easy uh movies like juan Juan kind of scared me back in the early 2000s when I first saw it, but not really anymore. Noroi the Curse, though, I watched that probably four months ago, and it scared me. And that's the last thing that scared me and the first thing that scared me in years. So I recommend it. It's on Shudder. And Koji Shira Ishii's super, super important Japanese director, too. Another very important, this is legendary, is yeah, Sweet Home, directed by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. Kiyoshi Kurosawa, huge name in the Japanese film industry, uh, did a lot of thrillers, a lot of horror. Uh, he did some TV stuff too. Uh, but Sweet Home is unlike a lot of his other stuff. Sweet Home is a little campier in a way, um, but it is a straight up haunted house paranormal movie. But, you know, just like the Japanese like to do it, it has some brutality in it, it has really good special effects, um, creatures. Uh, all the ghosts are are kind of creature like. Um, if you imagine the creature demon thing from Poltergeist, they do it big time on this, much better. Um, but yeah, it's just about a documentary TV crew uh, making a documentary about a famous painter and the mansion that he lives in, and they start filming at his old home. They get under attack. There's another dimension. It's fucking amazing, and they actually uh, made a video game based on it uh, for. Famicom, which is, you know, the Japanese version of Nintendo before it reached our shores. Uh, and then the people that made that game went on to make Resident Evil. So I just thought that was an interesting that was cool. little heads tip thing. You no, want to talk about Tomie Unlimited? Tomie is like a huge series. Well, yeah, there's a bunch of Tomie's, but I, I'm 
I, I love this one. This is just, there's just something about it. And, and I know some of the CGIing can be kind of bad. Um, but then, but even with the CGI and just how it's added, the creativity with the CGI and how they do it just makes it kind of worth it. Even if it's bad and it doesn't really match, that kind of just adds to it. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's bizarre. And I think the further and the more you try to like make sense of the movie and like the plot and everything, it just kind of slaps you in the face and then just does a, a whole three, like one, uh, 360 on it. And then, you know, then they wake up and then, oh, everything's back to normal. No, you're back in hell. And you're just like, and then if not, if it's like, it's worse than it was before what you thought you were escaping and it's, it gets, gets darker and darker and weirder and weirder as the movie gets on. I remember there was a Tomie box set that was out and I really want that because I just want to watch them from beginning to end. I've only seen Unlimited and I've seen part two. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to see them all in order though again. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tomie, the Tomie's graphic novels were written by Junji Ito who also did the next movie we're going to talk about. Um, Uzumaki. Yeah, which is Spiral. Spiral. um, Mm -hmm. That came out in 2000. Um, and I mean, that's another legendary film that everybody was talking about here. Yeah. That is such a good job. It got really popular in the States and, you know, you can even find, uh, the manga for Uzumaki like at hot topic right now. Mm -hmm. Like, so, I mean, that's kind of crazy that, you know, Uzumaki and it's just got really good imagery and it sticks out. It's no wonder it got yeah and the, and, it, and the story gets to you because it, it's it's one of those things of stuff you see every day and then you don't think about it and especially when you know and not to get into spoilers but when the woman's in the hospital and the you know she gets whispered into the ear that um there's a spiral in her ear and so she stabs her you know self in the head through the ear with a pencil because she you know it's just basically like this it just gets into everyone's it's it's crazy and one one I got to mention real quick, uh, just going on, uh, you know, uh, Koji Shiraishi who did Noroi the Curse and Grotesque and stuff, he did Carve the Slipmouth Woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, I mean, there's a few Slipmouth Woman movies, but the one he did was pretty cool. Um, pretty brutal uh, with some of the, you know, killings and stuff, but overall it's just like a cool, creepy, uh, almost like the Candyman of Japan, just like urban legend kind of thing. They also made some Slipmouth Woman knockoffs that are like Pinku movies, which are really funny. Yeah, I haven't seen any of those Slipmouth ones. I saw, uh, I almost bought one just because it seemed interesting. But... The Pinku one? No, just one oh. of the Slipmouth in general. Yeah, it's worth looking into the series. I actually, like, I went on some Asian website and I downloaded a uh, a RAR folder pack of all the Slipmouth Woman movies. There was eight of them. And I think, like, I think most of them were Pinku movies. So I think that was a little fetish for a little bit. It's a slip mouth woman. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. All right, now we're going to go into some slasher films. Uh, I would say when you think of Japanese slashers, you got to talk about Evil Dead Trap, the first yeah. one. Um, 1988, uh, Toshiharu Ikeda uh, directed that one. Uh, he did a lot of Pinku movies, and I really wish he stuck to just... Just to refresh your memory, Pinku is basically Japanese exploitation, but a little classy, but also extremely sleazy movies that came out mostly in the 60s, 70s, a little bit of the 80s. Evil Dead Track, back to that. Uh, it's basically 
has this Dario Argento feel to it. It has some like really realistic uh, fake snuff footage in it. But basically, uh, similar to Muzani, once again, which we're going to bring up later, a uh, news reporter um, gets a snuff tape in the mail. Before the woman in the snuff tape's killed, you see the person driving to the place where the killing is being done. So they watch the tape. They follow the traces on the tape on where that was. They go to this giant warehouse and you figure out why it's called Evil Dead Trap because there's these traps set everywhere. And then they're very saw-like, actually. Mm-hmm. This movie's 1988. Yeah, so... Like but, you know, it almost feels like Saw 2 where they're walking around that abandoned house with all the traps everywhere. And then there's also, on top of that, a killer walking around, you know, slashing everyone. That's why it's a slasher. And then when you get to the end, it goes full supernatural and you get some crazy effects. And if you were to make a top five best Japanese horror movies, this has to be in it because it's got even got the Dario Argento style music in the background, Mm -hmm. like Goblin style music. The lighting is very giallo feeling. Acting is good. It's perfect. Part two, that's not as memorable. It's a slasher following around uh, a female killer um has some some stuff to do with i think a baby i I don't really remember it and that's the sad part Uh, i want to see it again do you have you have it right yeah yeah i need to to watch it sometime um just because i love the first evil dead trap i don't think they're really that connected um there is a third one that isn't connected at all and that one is more of just a crime drama Mm -hmm. it has like two kills in it and I don't even think it's subtitled. I tried to watch it on YouTube and it was boring as shit. Mm. Yeah, I've, I haven't seen it. I just wish that around. I wish that series got as many as All Night Long got. Instead, it got one really good one and then it kind of fizzled out. Well, that's probably why they just didn't have enough to go through. But the second one, actually, I mean, I just tried to watch it when I was really young, and that's why I don't remember it. And it was too slow for me. I think I might like it now. So I'm going to rewatch Evil Dead Trap Two, and I'm going to get back to you listeners on what I thought about it. Yeah, and it also probably has to do with it being a different director. If it was the same director, maybe he would have kept the vision going. It's crazy because the director for part two is Izu ha- Izo Hashimoto, who wrote Akira, which is one of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, going next into Brutal, which is more uh, kind of a recent. Um, it's just got put out by Unearthed. Uh, directed by Takashi Hirose. I watched, I think, half an hour of this movie and... I hated it, so I turned it off. Yeah, I wasn't the biggest. It was. It seemed good. I mean, it it, it was. Yeah, it it kind of didn't keep my attention. Do you know what my biggest want. problem with it was? What that goddamn video filter they put on the whole movie. It's that grindhouse film, dirty film look, mm-hmm. and it just. If that wasn't on there, the movie would have been. I would have at least tried to finish it, but overall, it just felt like a generic, brutal, like you know serial killer movie really low budget with a stupid grindhouse filter on it i just it's really hard for me to watch movies with that filter on it i don't know why it's like one of my biggest peeves um so yeah brutal was a total miss for me but people seem to really like it in underground i yeah a lot about it on these websites no no, i don't i don't think it's bad it just yeah it didn't draw me as much as a lot of other films and i didn't finish it so maybe it gets a lot better but i mean it's even if it got better, it's still that fucking grindout filter. It's, it's disgusting looking. Like it just, it looks so fake. It would have looked better if it was shot on mini DV camera, like a goddamn Lucifer Valentine movie, than it did the way it did. <sighs> 
All right. So next one is a good one, I think. Yeah. No, I love this one. Eat the schoolgirl. Yeah. Uh, This one, I feel like the hardcore Japanese viewers, I'm, you know, people that love the nasty underbelly of Japanese cinema know about this one, but it's not too popular. Yeah. And that was 1997, uh, directed by Naoyuki Tomatsu, who did the rape zombie movies mm-hmm. and uh, what was that zombie movie you were talking about? Zombie rape? No, the other one. It was called uh, blah, 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 oh, Bite Me If You Love Me. Yeah, Bite Me If You Love Me. Um, and this one <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, really. They just like had some fucked up stuff, and it almost feels like it's like three different movies that they just kind of edited together. Uh, you have this plot of these two guys that work for the Yakuza making these like rapey snuff films. And both of them have these weird kinks. One of them is obsessed with phone sex. And another one is like can't get off unless he sees a dead body. And he starts dressing in drag and like uh, killing people out on the streets. And one of them is talking to this angel girl, girl, this school girl with her wings bitten off pretty much. And, uh, in the meantime, it keeps cutting to the Yakuza making these weird porno tapes and they go on for way too long. It almost feels like you're watching a porno. There's every bodily fluid in it. There's a lot of cum. Anytime anyone dies, you see a a wad of cum get shot on it. Yeah. That was definitely one of the things I was, when I was watching, I was like, this film basically has everything. Yeah. Like if you ever thought about something, you know, it, it probably has it in there. There's a brown enema in there. Yeah. Very graphic brown enema. And once again, all the private parts are blurred out because that's yeah. how Japanese censors do. But somehow they showed fucking shit flying out of an ass. I don't know what, what their priorities are. Right. That are. scene definitely was like, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And it really goes nowhere. Like there's no resolution to these characters or anything. It's almost, you're just. I don't know. That's kind of one of those like smoke a bowl and just zone out and watch this carnage and sexuality and nastiness. But, and they all, it's weird because it's like the only movie this director tried to like make look artsy. It's got all these like artsy scenes of like, like overlit, like backdrops with like feathers flying through the sky and like, these weird primary colors like blue and yellow shining in from different sides. Like he's trying to go for giallo. I, I personally loved it. And I think yeah. that's why I like that approach to it. Cause you don't see that a lot in like gory movies. I mean, you just see a lot of them focus on like the gore, but the fact that he were like approached it in an artistic like vision and like, thought about like the set and thought about the lighting and thought about, you know, filters and different things and how that was cut. And uh, I thought it was and he actually shot it on film when usually when you go this gross with a movie, it's going to be shot on uh, either video or digital depending on, you know, what time. So this was 97. This probably would have been shot on VHS considering how gross it was like a Daisuke Yamanuchi movie, but instead it's shot on film. So it actually like looks like a real horror movie. Yeah. Eat the school girl's cool. Um, you can check it out on porn sites. Like the only way to watch it, and it's even subtitled, but it's on porn sites. Like since it's so rare, you're not gonna find a DVD. So just find a porn site that doesn't have a lot of viruses and check it out. Yeah, it's not Pornhub anymore. Yeah, <laughs> I got rid of all that shit. Yeah, uh, going into some torture movies. Back to Koji Shiraishi, director of Neroi the Curse, grotesque, carved, slit mouth woman, all that golden good, good stuff. Old- 
kidnap movie. Yeah, grotesque. It's just like 